Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, hailing from Kakana, Wisconsin, riding a CST Tires SSI decals, traveling back Yamaha YFC450R, four-time ATV Motocross National Champion, number 25. Cody Jensen. What's up, everybody? We're back. Welcome to the latest edition of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, episode 123 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, in stock and available for purchase today at shop.csttires.com. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, saying hello to our more than 235,000 monthly Digging Deep listeners in 103 countries in which you are listening, and this is an episode that is very special to me. Nick DeNoble let me know months ago that when episode 123 came around, the number that he famously wore throughout his ATV motocross racing career, he wanted to be a part of it. So we kick off tonight's show by talking a little bit of past, present, and future ATV racing with the 123 Kid. You're absolutely going to love it. Then the final segment of the show is the most special of all. As some of you may know, my father suffered a stroke earlier this season. He's done a great deal of recovering thanks to his hard work and dedication. And tonight he joins me to talk about his recovery, give an update to those who have been cheering him on throughout this journey, and to take a trip down ATV racing memory lane right here on the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. This is so special. There was a time that I thought this may never be possible But here we are. Before we dive in, let's quickly shout out all of our incredible partners. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thanks to SSI Decals, Valvoline, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymauer Financial Group, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Binky's Forever ATC Museum, Impact Solutions, New Partner, Ultimate Poly Products, UPP Racing. We'll talk about them later in the show. Welcome to the Digging Deep family. Our choice when it comes to case savers, chain sliders, intake manifolds, and more. Like I said, more on them as we go here and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. You've been hearing about it all summer long. It was huge news when Manscaped announced that they were jumping into the Beard Products game, introducing the Beard Hedger Pro Kit from Manscaped. A premium beard sculpting machine, the Beard Hedger allows dudes like you and I to style our beards to exactly our liking using a zoom wheel featuring 20 different built-in lengths. This Pro Kit also includes shampoo, conditioner, oil, and balm for your beard, as well as a brush comb and scissors. Now you're speaking my language, Manscaped. And one One of our top 15 finishers in ATV Fantasy is going to earn themselves a Beard Hedger Pro Kit from Manscaped. So if you're one of our top finishers, you might be in luck. But if you want to claim one of your own, get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. So rad that Manscaped is continuing to invest in ATV Racing as a longtime partner of Digging Deep. It's been years at this point. But help us keep them in the fold and involved in ATV Racing by using our Digging Deep 20 code so they know you enjoy Digging Deep and what we're all about here. Support all these great companies that support us, and for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. 
The 2023 racing season may have come to an end, but now it's rebuild season, and we both know you need parts and gear. No matter what off-road gear parts you need, Rocky Mountain ATVMC has you covered. But before you buy, simply click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website. By using our specific link, we get a percentage of what you buy on the back end, enabling you to help us out while purchasing the parts you need anyway. And did you know you can buy OEM parts from Rocky Mountain ATVMC as well? Yep, shipped conveniently right to your door. So click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner at diggingdeepatvmx.com to help us out while satisfying all your gear and parts needs. One new donor to shout out this week, Tom Ebden, your 2023 458A and college 16 to 24 ATV Motocross National Champion. Thanks so much for your generous support, buddy. If you're interested in donating and hear your name on the show, you can find the Patreon or buy me a coffee donation links on our website. Major thanks to all who have donated. Now, if you can't donate, but you still want to help us out, you can leave us a rating or a review on iTunes and Spotify. That helps us out in a major way. If nothing else, it shows our partners that you're passionate about digging deep and keeping us around long into the future. Now it's showtime. The 32nd board is up. It's sideways and the gate is down. Time to dig deep. Let's go. All right, guys, there's only one man who could help us kick off episode 123 here. Last time he joined us, it was on the heels of coming out of retirement and jumping right to the top of the winter board. It still is unbelievable to me. I can't even say it with a straight face. Dude came out of retirement just to win Pro Moto 2 at Ironman. Brought to you by SSI Decals, making your identity stick with industry-leading decals and graphics with riders like Joel Hattrick, Chad Weenan, Bryce Ford, and so many more, including this next guest. Head over to SSIDecals.com and use code DIGGINGDEEP10 today. You know who it is. Say hello to Mr. Nick DeNoble. Welcome back to Digging Deep, pal. Thanks so much for joining me. So stoked that you wanted to be here and be part of episode 123. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. It's great. Uh, last time we talked was a little over a year ago after uh, whatever rains. It didn't rain. It downpoured. And uh, yeah, it feels great to be back on with you. And I appreciate uh, your time and everyone else's. Yeah, pal, I'm so stoked that you reached out and wanted to be part of episode 123, obviously the number that you used your entire career. And Nick, uh, I'm so stoked to chat with you again, of course, but we needed to have you here for episode 123. And I got to say the the Iron Man memory uh, of a year ago is one that just keeps on giving because our listeners brought it up to me all summer long, pal, at the races. It never ended a whole year later. Uh, anytime something unexpected happened or, or, you know, there was a threat of rain that popped up or whatever, there was the story again. I told you that it was going to be, you know, the, the, the story that kept on giving, I told you it was going to live on forever and it surely did, uh, all summer long still to this day. Do you still think about that day? Uh, often probably the best day of your racing career. Uh, do you still think about it from time to time? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, um, like I, I'm sure people have seen, I got pictures of my quad hanging up in my shop and, uh, yeah. my, my wife right after actually got that Jersey that I won and framed and everything is hanging in the house. And, uh, wow. Yeah. It's just looking at the pictures. I mean, honestly, it still doesn't seem real. You know, <laughs> I love the racing and that's why I came back to it at Ironman, you know, and yeah, it still doesn't seem, it, it does, doesn't seem real yet. And, uh, it's, it's awesome. And my kids still talk about it. People just locally that I see that are in the motocross, they still mention it. They're like, oh, man, that was pretty cool that you did that. And I was like, well, I didn't do it. God, what the rain did, <laughs> you know? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So so tell me about the the 
the jersey you know the frame jersey is it like still muddy like as is or was it washed I mean, yeah. tell me tell me about that yeah jenna uh, jenna pretty much just took it took it rinsed off a little bit so it wouldn't smear the glass okay uh, didn't touch it and uh you know, my wife does photography so she did like a collage of i'm sure everyone's seen that picture of me going through that puddle where mm-hmm. you couldn't see that yeah. podium the family me and my mechanic last year and uh it has a nice collage of it it's uh yeah it's pretty surreal you know it's sitting down in my man cave downstairs and um it's it's still still got the stains and still got the tears in it you know that's, that's and amazing same with the quad you know i got um i did a little light spray job to it but otherwise my helmet's still muddy goggles airbox tires are still <laughs> somewhat muddy and everything else you know i just pretty much took it and put it up away and uh yeah and actually staring at it all the time makes me want to go ride again and uh kind of got the itch to take it down you know and, <laughs> and that old girl running again but we'll... hey you told me that it would take a bunch of work to get it going with all the the mud and water and sand and everything that was inside of that thing so that was why it was easy to, re- to retire for you at the time you're like man this thing needs so much work that i might as well just hang the damn thing up right yeah i was um a guy from down down by by you in Kakana actually he had a Cannondale Moto 440 already done and I was uh pretty serious thinking about buying that and because those things were were the cats meow back in the day you know how how sweet would that be seeing roll back up not the pro class probably plus thirty or you know <laughs> but, I can't uh, imagine you rolling up on a Cannondale of all things yeah. it's a uh, it's a little pricey but it's uh you know those things are pretty ba so good yeah. good collector quad as yeah you know and uh i don't know you know i actually uh when i put the quad up in the shop i drained all the liquids and all everything in it um i actually mm-hmm. drove it uh you know i drove it around when i got home and stuff it actually ran pretty decent you know so i don't think it'd take a whole lot of uh spit and shine to get that thing rolling again maybe a sunset ridge or something yeah, well, that would be uh, that would be good. You know, the the story isn't over. I I, I figured it was never over with you, pal. You know, the there's always a chapter to be written yet. Yep, yep. But yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. So the girls, they were getting into the riding thing. The last time we talked, they were really enjoying it. Is that still going on? Like they they still have the itch to do that? I know life gets busy yeah. and everybody's got their own activities and and all that stuff. But you said that they kind of had the the Denoble racing blood in them. Yeah. Um, I actually traded two of my quad, two of the girls quads and I had four of the kids quads traded two of them in for DRR 90. Um, I touched with Gary over at G force and, uh, kind of hooking me up with some things. Um, but yeah, you know, and my oldest on the blaster, um, she, it was between, it was between, you know, that blaster or put her on a 300 EX, but it's like, well, be pretty cool to have a blaster back out there you know a little two smoke go no the girls want to do it you know and like we talked on the last episode a year ago or even before i won that moto it was uh if yeah. we go to the you know dad's got a race too so it's <laughs> uh you know i'm still young i'm only 34 yet and uh you see weaned out there 38 you know and even back in the day digger dug at 40 42 you know and yeah i of it and the girls you know the girls like riding too you know and uh 
they mess around, but you know how it is around here. There's really not a whole lot of tracks to be riding on. So mm-hmm. got my track and uh, we just go up north and trail ride. But um, no, the girls, it'd be nice to get them into it. It, it, it would, it's just, I know, I know what it costs to race. You know I mean? Even luckily I won that moto too. Otherwise, dude, I would have been broke, you know, coming back home. You know I mean? I think I've made it, made it eat even when i when i won that moto too and i was like well me and jen were talking about that like well luckily we won that moto because otherwise we'd be you know two or three grand in the hole right you know and bringing bringing two race quads my youngest really she likes riding Mm -hmm. she she's not a she's not a big wants to race you know she she's afraid of the hole shots um we're thinking about cross country races around here which uh I see Ben Berger and those guys are doing, you know, yeah. that FDX. But I'm not a woods guy, you know, and the girls like jumping too. So who knows? You might see us, you know, next year too. Well, especially when I got that DRR, you know, I got rid of trail quads to get a race quad. Yeah, so you it's can't like, really trail ride anymore with no, those. <laughs> no, it's so loud. <laughs> yeah. So who knows? My middle one and my oldest really want to try it. So I just got to get them built up. You know, it's just hard to find find parts for the blaster and i don't i don't know that good of stuff like people switching banshee parts onto it and stuff like that you know so i gotta do a little more research with that but maybe if i uh this year's good will work we'll uh build those up and might see us at one or two races that i'm not gonna do the whole series you know just too busy but work and everything else and uh the girls girls like it want to get into it so who knows dad might just say screw it and let's go yeah well that that's cool you know it's just cool to to know that they kind of have the that in them as well that love for it like like you obviously do and then i think you know iron man last year probably helped you know i mean if that didn't throw you know fuel on the fire for the whole family um i don't know what else would and i still say to this day like the the what if it rains like pre race yep. and post race coverage and going through all that with you, man, like that was the coolest thing that we've ever done at digging deep. Like that whole thing is it's truly yeah. legendary to me. Like it's right. Like, it's like just you nuts. What if it rains and then, I mean, dude, I still, I, I still <laughs> smile and here. I know. What, how, how does that, how does that happen? You know? I, I, I'm telling you, man, like anytime I get to tell the story to, to people that I haven't told it to yet, like having this realization that you just passed Wesley Wolf and I'm like, Denoble's going to win. Denoble's going to win the race. I remember like telling people right as yeah. you're coming up to the finish line, I'm like, Denoble's going to win. Denoble's going yeah. to win. And everybody looked at me like I was <laughs> speaking French. And yeah. in that moment, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to run down to the racetrack so I can tell Nick that he won. Cause I figured you didn't have any idea that you actually won the damn thing. And uh, man, what a, what a memory for me. Like it felt like I won that freaking race, man. Just nuts. I mean, honestly, I, I still tear up about it. And I, my kids like listening to that episode too. And I, I know I got emotional on that, but it's just like, man, people don't realize, people don't realize what it's to win a pro moto, you know, and especially like being a pro back in the day, you know, and um, it still, still brings tears to the eyes because it's like, 
even even that night, I didn't even really think I realized that it happened until he, you and Casey came down there, and I was like, man, seriously, I don't even don't even know what the hell's going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the coolest thing for me, and you actually started before we even started recording this, you were telling me like the stuff you wanted to talk about tonight or whatever, and you said, man, I this stuff, I just love this stuff, and I think that 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 part of it is why it means so much to you because you love it so much. If you just showed up at, at Ironman and on a whim and you're like, yeah, you know, I guess I'll race. Cause I'm here. And then you won, you'd be like, huh? Yeah, cool. Okay. Rad. I'm on to the next thing. That's not it yeah. though. Like you are removed from it for a number of years at this point, other than a dabble here or there, yet you still love it so freaking much. That's why it means so much to you. And that's why the entire story is so cool. Not some dude just didn't show up and, and win and then be, you know, off and to, to on to the next thing, not be seen again. It was that you came out of retirement. You won this race. You were freaking stoked about it. That's why everybody loves the story is because of the emotion and all of that stuff. And you're yeah. still hanging on to that. Just like we are. That's what really makes the story as cool as it, as it is, is that it meant so freaking much to you. And then to have you and Jenna and the girls and those photos, man, after the race, it, it's just, uh, it, like I said, it's legendary. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, it was awesome. You know, and like we said, I love it so much. You know, I mean, we went down to a family trip this year in spring and Gator back was that weekend and I had to go to it, you know, because I just, I love it. You know, I talked to Creamer and uh, talked to Creamer, you know, here and there yet. And it was like, man, would you ever go? He, he, he said he wouldn't race. So I think he went down to Daytona a couple of times, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like, man, don't you like, doesn't that make you want to get out there and ride? Yeah. You know, he, it's like, I just love it. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So that was Nick, that was the very next thing on my list of, of questions to ask you was, you know, you returned to the races this year, obviously not as a, as a racer, but you attended that race there at Gatorback. So tell me about that because that was obviously uh, a race that tons of craziness happened. Obviously that crash in the first corner with, uh, with Weenan and and Hetrick, we saw Chad get hurt there. That changed the course of kind of the season. We saw uh, Bryce Ford get his first win of his career there, first moto win, first overall win of his career. He left that race as the points leader, and then obviously more tragic stuff going on when Zach Decker crashed. That that gnarliness that that was, and and that whole thing, the heartbreaker that that was. So you might have been at the the race that was the freaking wildest, wildest, wild things just happened when you. <laughs> show up obviously but uh, tell me about what it was like being at gator back there because it was cool like if you if i could have just chose to be at any race all year even even throwing out the fact that it was crazy racing just to be back at gator back after all these years had to be pretty freaking cool because you would have raced at gator back in 2006 or whatever uh when yep. the series last went there um yeah, actually, in 2006, um, you know, in the amateurs, you get their throwaway races. So I never went to Gatorback. Oh, you before. didn't? Oh, really? No. Okay. Yeah, we went from California, the Oak Hill, and then it went to Gatorback. And I was just in school and stuff at that time. So, yeah, it was my first time there. And we rolled up. I was like, man, this track is badass, you know? Yeah. And it was like, you know how you get when you get to the track? Like, this is my this is my style of track right uh -huh. here. Yeah. And, um man it was crazy it was um it was it, it was cool seeing Weenan and Hetrick again um 
I waved uh, Gloop and uh, Deckers, you know, before before motos and stuff like that. But I really don't think people recognized who I was still, you know, because they only seen me one time in the last <laughs> how many years, you know. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah. It was cool. It was um. It sucks seeing seeing Weenan Weenan uh, break his collarbone like that. You know, I knew something was up because um, it took him a little while to get back on the quad, and then he was just kind of cruising. Yeah, and I went to go talk to him after that second moto. It was the first moto, second moto, first moto. And first it was moto. First, yeah, first yeah. moto had happened because he was at the hospital during the second moto. Yep. Okay. Yep. And. uh I went to go talk to him and he was he was gone right away and then went to go talk to Hedrick and his back was all swelled up his arm was all bloody and stuff and I just let him kind of be and I I caught up with most of my buddies there before before the race you know after qualifying uh went and said hi to the Fords and uh congratulated Bryce on that and uh yeah um, you know and that track that track was cool you know like I don't know how it was riding it it seemed like some some jumps were kind of short and super peaky, uh, you know, landings were, but it felt like it was, a, it looked like a really flowy track, you know, it was cool seeing Bryce win, Rastrelli up there running with him, you know, yeah, it was cool. It was about 45 minutes away from the house we were staying at, oh, so, wow. so yeah, it was, it was like a no-brainer, you know, I was like, and yeah, you we're didn't, gonna... You didn't plan that ahead of time, it just worked out that way? Yeah, just, just kind of worked out, you know, I was working wow. and then just, we just planned on going down there and then looked at the schedule. Like, well, shit, Gatorbacks, you know, that weekend. Jenna's stepdad, he uh, he used to race back in the 80s, the quads. And so he wanted to go see it, too. So it was perfect, you know. Wow. And uh, the kids loved it, too, you know. So so it was it was just an all-around awesome experience, you know. It sucked that that the, that it had, all those accidents had to happen, happen that early in the season, you know, because mm-hmm. – I I really everyone knew it was gonna be Weenan and Hetrick battling it out, but it kind of equaled it out after Weenan, you know, missed the second moto. You know, Hetrick, he was rolling, you know, but it was cool. And then Zach Decker, you know, we we seen that whole crash, and uh, oh, that was, crazy, you know, um, oh. we're we're standing by the announcers' tower, and it was it, it was like that whole moto was chaos. You know, I believe uh, Merman. Uh, he he crashed, star crashed. Um, you know, there's there's a handful of guys that crash that race, which you know, it was it was pretty scary. You know, I know and being that early in the season, it's like, man, that just it sucks, you know. It's racing, you know, but um it was awesome. It was it was a cool experience. Next next if I go down there again, I'm I'm gonna have to bring the old Honda down there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or the Cannondale, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but but yeah, I'd be a little scared to hit some of those jumps on a Cannondale. But uh, but yeah, speaking of uh, Zach Decker and, and crazy crashes, scary crashes, that 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 crash there, man. Um, yeah. There's that video that they had the camera that they had on the back of whatever rider that was that was in front of yeah. him, and just that watching. Oh, just watching. Yeah. It's it's like it's fake almost because you never see a quad move like that in the air. And the way that his quad like is clearly accelerating in the air and the front end's just going up and up and up and sideways as he's yeah. just like, oh my gosh, man, it makes the hair on my arm stand up. So I'm 
so stoked to see him back out there because he's yeah. such a great racer. He was fired. That was in the second moto. He was fire in the first moto. Remember, he yeah. finished in the top three. It was the ride of a lifetime for him. And then to yeah. see that happen in the second moto was awful. But we know he's back on the bike. He's back training. And hopefully he can pick up where he left off um, looking forward to next year because I think he's yeah. going to be a rider to reckon with for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was um it was pretty nasty. It was pretty nasty. He's he's lucky that's all he walked away oh. with was my femur and it's like, man, that's oh man. He's he's uh that was pretty nasty. Yeah, yeah, scary, scary stuff. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. And thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. The official tire choice of Digging Deep, CSD tires are the choice of ATV Racing's elite on the track, in the woods, and every other terrain. CSD tires swept the ATV Racing world in 2022 as Joel Hetrick, Bryson Neal, and Bo Barron rode their Pulse MXR and Pulse HT tires to an ATV Pro Motocross title, GNCC XC1 Pro title, and 10th ATV Pro Works Racing title, respectfully. Led by champion Joel Hetrick and podium contenders Bryce Ford, Jeffrey Rastrelli, and Nick Janusa, CST's Pulse MXR tire is the most trusted tire in ATV motocross today. Available in soft and standard compounds, the Pulse MXR offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. And did I mention they have a contingency program as well? Visit shop.csttires.com to join the CSD takeover today, or prepare to be beat by someone who did. The best of the best choose CST. Do you? You know we're Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast, as the Yamaha YFZ450R is the official ATV of Digging Deep. In a move started by eight-time ATV MX Pro Class National Champion Chad Weenan, who with his next championship will become the winningest champion in ATV motocross history, we are living in ATV Racing's YFZ450R era. Alongside Weenan, seven-time GNCC XC1 Pro ATV National Champion Walker Fowler welcomed a pair of new champions to the Yamaha Champions Club as the podium-proven Yamaha YFC450R proved to be the winning choice for Joel Hetrick and Bryson Neal. This unprecedented success for the YFC450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the clear fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has resulted in a complete Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Evident by the continuation of Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program, Yamaha riders will once again cash in on payout and prize opportunities in 2023, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com. Follow Yamaha Outdoors as well as the new Blue Crew official channel on social media and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. SSI decals, your decals, your way. SSI decals sets the standard with the best looking decals, graphics kits, and vinyl wraps in the industry. Established in 1947, SSI took shape as an offshoot of their parent company by doing a little work for local pro Chad Wienan. Nearly two decades later and fueled by a passion for ATVs, the company has flourished into one of ATV Moto's most recognized brands. From ATV Motocross, SSI has expanded into graphics and design work for top racers in GNCC, works racing, pro motocross and supercross, off-road, and more, headlined by eight-time world champion top fuel drag racer Clay Milliken. Whether your project is big or small, SSI decals will make your identity stick. Get started today at SSIDecals.com and use code DIGGINGDEEP10 for 10% off at checkout. Things are about to get sick. 
The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID and their wide range of championship winning chains. From the street to the track and everywhere in between, DID chains are designed to give you the optimal riding experience with great performance and increased chain life. Consistent to the core, pick up your box of reliability today. DID, what drives you? We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. For over 20 years, Numira has pushed the limit of value and reliability in the ATV and side-by-side market. Covering more applications than anyone in the industry, Numira's full line of cast and forged pistons, connecting rods, gasket kits, and industry-leading top-end repair kits and more have led to higher overall engine performance for your machine. Visit your local dealer or online at www.namira.com. And follow along on Instagram for giveaways and exciting new products in 2023. Namira Technologies, your one-stop shop engine component supplier. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV Components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals and cylinders, shock and suspension parts, winches, clutch kits, valves, carb kits, bearing kits, and drive chain parts, Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. For over 150 years, Valvoline has been dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. As a proud member of Team Valvoline for nearly a decade, I have witnessed their unwavering commitment to pushing the boundaries of performance. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, solidifying their position as a powerhouse within the industry. Being a part of this historically great team has been an incredible privilege. When it comes to my equipment, whether it's my daily commuting vehicles, race quads, or anything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline. Their range of products and lubricants consistently deliver increased horsepower, durability, and engine life. I'm excited to announce Valvoline's breakthrough in performance, Valvoline Ultimate Power Sports. With up to eight times stronger rust protection and 50% better wear protection, this cutting edge formula ensures your ATV's engine runs smoother and longer for the ultimate ride. Tackle rugged terrains with confidence knowing your ATV's engine is equipped with the best protection available. Ready to experience the next level of performance? Head over to shop.valvolineglobal.com and use code DIGGINGDEEP10 at checkout to unlock an exclusive 10% off on your purchase. Don't miss out on this limited time offer to enhance your ATV's performance with Valvoline's ultimate power sports engine oil. So uh, we're obviously, you know, that was the beginning of the season. So that was a long time ago at this point, but now we're, we're obviously, you know, a couple uh, month or so month and a half into the off season now. And one thing I wanted to chat with you about as we celebrate episode 123 here is off season improvements as a rider. I get asked so often how a rider improves in the off season. And that was always something that I thought you were really good at as a, as an up and coming rider. Um, do you have any advice for riders out there as far as like, you know, uh, off season improvements, improving as a rider in the off season, because, and I'll tell you where this sentiment comes from, why I associate you with this. It must've been like, 2008 maybe so what classes would you have been in like 2007 would you have been in the a class then and then pro-am in 2008 yeah i thought so as you nod your head here because i remember we didn't go to all the races in 2008 and i remember getting to to whatever it was probably walnut it was probably sunset ridge in may or whatever of 2008 
and it wasn't like it is now. There was no social media. So like, obviously now we know by round three or four, you don't have to be at the races to know what every rider looks like and what their gear looks like and how cool they look and all these things. That's not how it was back then though. You know, like whatever you saw in ATV riders was all you were going to see. And Pro-Am maybe didn't get all the coverage or whatever. So I remember on Saturday watching you come out in Pro-Am Unlimited and winning your qualifier in 2008. And I was like, holy, you know, you're all red, redded out, kitted. You looked like Joe Bird and all TLD gear and, and all that stuff. And I remember like, you know, totally different vibes and gear and look from the year prior. And I remember watching this guy win his qualifier in Pro-Am Unlimited and I'm like, yep. who is that? Like, man, they're riding so cool. I love their riding style. And this is a kid that like, we grew up together, you know, like we were around each other, but I, you were at the nationals. I was home in Wisconsin yep. in the snow. And so what I'm getting at is the jump you made from like 05 to 06, 06 to 07, 07 to 08. And it would happen in the off season. And you went from a class rider to like, dude winning pro-am races in that one off season and i just wondered if you had any insight there and any advice for for up-and-coming riders because that's something that like you were one of them at one time yeah um honestly mainly riding riding and seat time you know i remember um 2008 i was uh 2007 to 8 i was training with bird there and we just did a lot of riding you know, yeah, working out and stuff helps. And then riding and just your mental setting. Mm-hmm. You know, 2008, I, I was on a very good mental set. And it was it was between me and Thomas Brown and Clay Holmes. Yep. And then um, 2009 turning pro, they broke me. And I had not a good mindset. I ended up fish, finishing 16th overall while they're in their top sevens. You know, and I was just brainwashed. Like what, in the pro class, you're saying in the pro class. Yeah, yeah. You know, just, just, just. I'm just mentioning that as like a, yep. as the, as the mental game to it. You yeah. know. Yep. Yeah. And then, just yeah, riding and everyone gets arm pumped. The way to get rid of arm pump is just ride. You mm-hmm. know, blisters, peel them off and ride. Yeah. You know. Yep. And no, I think that, I think that there's, you're so right. There's no substitute obviously for the riding portion of it. You obviously the, the gym part of it is important too. You can't totally, you can't get away with obviously not training in the gym. You got to do that too. Uh, one thing you touched on though, is the mental state. And that part is so important to, to me too, because I, I tell people from, you know, not everybody can go to Decker's and spend the whole off season there or uh, spend from Christmas to the first race of the year there. Not everybody can do that. And I think that there are gains to be made by taking your mindset. Like you can, I remember doing this as a young kid. I felt like I made strides in in the off seasons as a young amateur too. Every year I became better in the off season and I was at home in the snow, just like you were not riding anywhere, but it was a mental thing. It was like, okay, like I did mental laps. I thought about race situations like every single day. Like it was just a a mental switch for me. Like, okay, we got to go faster now. And this is how we're going to do it. And having a constructive plan 
on where you're going to get better. But I think that that mental part of it is so important because again, not everybody is going to be, you know, spinning laps all winter long. But if you take that time, instead of kicking the dirt and saying, Oh, poor me, I'm not down South riding. If you do mental laps, study tape. I mean, we hear about Brandon Hogue watching tape, getting better, watching him and Joel Hattrick and other dudes ride uh, videos of them. I think that the mental part, like, do every yeah. single thing you can. If you can't ride, do mental laps. That's the next best thing, at least in my opinion. You know, and always, always riding with someone faster, you know, but don't let that faster person break you either. Mm-hmm. You know, training with, uh, I'm going to go back to 2011. I was training with uh, Weenan and Hetrick down at Splendora, Texas. Weenan kind of did his own motos and then me and Joel would do our own. And that was uh, Joel's rookie year coming in there and the, kid was fast i mean he's joel hattrick you know and um he was breaking me a little bit but he also looked up to me you know where that gave me the mental gain over him you know and just riding with uh, you know riding with other people you know it i personally hated riding by myself Mm because you know how it is riding by yourself you just pretty much put it like when i would do it i'd go moto and be talking to myself in my helmet saying, all right, Dustin Wimmer's in front of you, Chad Ween and Doug Gus, Nick DeNoble in fourth, you know, yeah. hit this badass jump and then land and make a turn perfect. And you get so hyped up about it. Oh, you passed this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, that's, yeah, the mental, I think the mental, the mental game has a lot to do with it. Uh, agreed. I think that that's a huge component. And, and again, I think it's important to, if the, if that's the next best thing, if that's the only thing you got is to is to do yeah. mental laps, um, I think that that's the next best thing. So the last thing I want to touch on here before we bring my dad in here, pal, is the the next couple episodes that we're gonna do here are covering uh, pre race and post race covering Team USA and focusing on Team USA. And can you imagine how cool the Team USA teams would have been in your era, pal? I mean, Team USA squad of Dustin Wimmer, Joe Bird, and Doug Gust. How about Doug Gust, Chad Weenan, and John Natale? Yeah, yeah, John Bird together. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Josh Creamer, Jeremy Lawson, and Josh Opperman. I mean, uh, man, how cool would that have been? Yeah, that would have been – I can't even imagine it. You know, I mean, it's like how do you choose a team? Because you had – I mean, nothing against these days, but racing – Racing back in 2009 to 2012, there was such a stacked class back then. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it would have been hard to choose because, yeah, you could do your top three, but look at Digger. You know, he wasn't winning every race. He took third overall, you know, his last year, just consistency. Mm-hmm. You know, um, man, I, that would have been cool. That would have been cool. You know, it's, I always, when it came out was at 2018, I believe the Paul cross the nation started. Seven, 17, I think, Okay, you know, when that came out, I was like, man, why didn't they do that back when we were racing, right. you know, just the privilege to do that and go overseas and see all your other fans across the, across the seas, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's pretty phenomenal what they're doing. And I just want to give a shout out to uh, Ween and Hetrick and, and Ford. Uh, good luck, guys. And I know you guys are going to do good out there. But shout out to them. You know, it, it's a good team. I thought it was – I not that – I don't know if it's a touchy subject, but I remember at the end of last year they were saying it was going to be top three in points. And I believe Hogue took third last year. 
you know, which it kind of caught me off of guard because I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'd be kind of pissed if I took third and it's like, well, you know, what the heck? Yes. His results weren't there this year, but that's what you strive for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and we've touched on this on so many shows, you know, so I hate to, I hate to pry back into this, but yeah, like I would obviously be upset too, though at the bottom of that whole sentiment, there is a, is a disclaimer that says it's subject to change. And the one thing I will say, cause I love Brandon. I mean, Brandon lived with us here. Like all, like my listeners know, like I love, I love Brandon and I really, I can't wait for the day that he gets the opportunity and I vowed to him. He will get it. I promise him he will get it. Um, But as far as this year goes as Americans, at least we can, you know, rest on the fact that the best three racers this year are going to represent us because Bryce finished second in points, won two motos, won two overalls and had six podiums. Like, Dude is a freaking monster. Yeah, he, he, you know, and I'm yeah. not taking anything away. From I know that. I know that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, but I don't want him thinking that either. Like, Bryce is a good dude. His family's awesome. Yeah, always treated me good, and he he is fast. He is the new. He is the new up and comer that's gonna win championships. You know, it's 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 bound to happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a good team going over there, and it's cool they get to do it two years in a row go and defend their their titles you know which is which is pretty cool because it, it would I, I mean put myself in, in that shoes like if i would have went and helped them help the team win and then can't do it the year after and after kicking ass you know all season yeah yep. use my language you know but it's um it's yeah it's it's pretty awesome the, the part that gets me is again, I feel bad for Brandon, just like you touched on though. If if yeah. Bryce would have put up the year he did and then didn't get to go over there, like that yeah. would have felt wrong as well. Um yeah. so and, yeah. and that and then for him to be kind of caught in the middle of it again is the part that sucks where people are like it's him versus Hogue. Well, it it wasn't really. I mean, Bryce no. was all alone in second, it got close at the end with Weenan, but I mean, I again we're sending the right team this year. Yeah. Brandon yep. will have his day. The one thing I do want to ask you though, is can you imagine a tent with, <laughs> with Chad Weenan, John Natalie and Joe bird underneath it all together oh, as oh, one. Can, <laughs> can you like, imagine? Remember, remember two thousand five and 2006, like the hatred Joe bird and Natalie had for each other. Yes. Yeah. And you know, and, and back then Weenan was just an up and comer, you know, yeah. it, and he he kicked butt beginning in 2006 and got his factory rides. Yeah, it was um, you know, or even toss toss Wimmer in there because Wimmer was Wimmer was a student of Birds also. You yeah. know, and once Wimmer started kicking Birds butt, you know, you know, there's hatred there. Oh he, yeah, he, you know, like I couldn't imagine that. I couldn't. Well, and, you know, and, and those are just the personalities that I can't imagine being under the tent together. I mean, Dustin Wimmer would have been captain America in 2008 and nine for sure, if not yep. more years. Um, so he would have been the leader of the team, but I just can't imagine if it ever worked out where it would have been Chad Ween and John Natalie yeah. and Joe bird all together. I just, I can't imagine it would have imploded itself. Like it would have, I, I don't think it could have worked even though it was for, for the country. I just don't know that it worked. <laughs> or, or, or how about toss Digger in there? Digger, well, Doug, Natalie, 
and then Bert. You got three of the oldest dudes that were racing. Yeah. Three of the hardest working guys. And I know Doug and Bert were pretty decent. They're okay buddies. They're better. You know, they're, yeah. they got a lot. Oh, man. But yeah, that would have been hilarious. That well, would have been hilarious. How could you have ever kept Doug off the team? You know, right. like you knew exactly what he was getting or exactly yeah. what you were getting from him. He was always yeah. spot on. He was always going to be right there in the mix. He was always going to be in the top three of the top five. Like he would have been perfectly cut out for that, for that event. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, so, so you spent a bunch of time with bird in your early years. You spent a bunch of time with our fellow Wisconsinite digger as well. Uh, do we, you, do we have on our, on our parting kind of note here, do you have any, any digger stories for me? Like, uh, anything you can think of there? Cause you spent a lot of time with him too. Yeah. I spent a lot of time with him. Um, you know, just hanging out at his house and just him teaching me how to fly planes and, you know, Digger's one of the most down-to-earth guys. You've met him. And, yeah, I trained with Digger for three years. I trained with Bird for two years, you know. And Bird was more of a quad trainer, and that's all you do. You know, it's quads, 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 quads. Digger, yeah. it was never like that. He was you a know? good old boy is what he, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. You know, from Wisconsin, and we would just we do our hard work during the days we'd screw off later in the afternoons have he always said doctor always said a beer a day maybe two beers a day will keep the doctor away you know he's just um and i was only 19 20 at the time you know and it was like man this guy <laughs> is a rock star you know and then seen him on a sled also you know like yeah there's that's there's so many stories you know i don't even know if they're stories they're just like yeah, they're just great memories of. I mean, I was down, I was down there with him from. Well, he was making snow for snowcross in November. We'd pre-trained on snowcross from November to January. Then we'd fly in his plane and we'd go down to Walsh's. He'd have his quad there. He'd have two quads there. Let me ride one and his, and then we'd fly back. You know, and wow. it was. February, a little bit before uh, the first national, then I'd take my rig down there and he'd just fly down and he'd just stay in my rig with me down at Walsh's. And uh, yeah. And I, I, I always listen to that podcast too, you know, you and him, it's, he's, he's a down to earth guy. And uh, I love that. I, I think, I think Casey Greek mentioned something about it after my win at Ironman. We, I, I called Digger, I, I called Digger that night and, yeah, he was lucky he didn't answer because it would have been uh, some hooting and hollering. And, <laughs> yeah. and I know he's proud, you know, and yeah. um, haven't talked to him in probably two or three years. You know, he's just doing his crop dusting and still doing his dozing and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. We actually worked together a couple of years ago, hired him to come do some work at some job sites with us and stuff. So, Oh, wow, nice. Yeah, he's uh, he's just an older an older version of me, you know, and yeah. – uh, yeah, he's a good dude. That dude, yeah, that dude, that yeah. dude is is the best. I remember, I remember you you said like Joe was the trainer guy and Gus was just a good old boy. I remember doing a like going to a school of his when I was uh I was an amateur rider racing you know pro am at part time or whatever. And, uh, I remember, you know, there's like 20 or 25 people at this, this school and we're doing hole shots 
And, you know, so I, I get the first couple hole shots or whatever. And he starts moving <laughs> me farther out wide. And, you know, and I still, I got every hole shot. I got every hole shot. I got every hole shot. He put me on the very farthest outside gate and I still ripped two more hole shots from out there. <laughs> and I remember him throwing his eyes or his arms up and being like, I quit. I quit guys. I can't do anything more. I got him on the farthest outside gate and he's still gotten every hole shot. So he said, Cody, your reward is you get to go, you get to go do a moto. And that mother <laughs> left me out there until I ran out of gas. I couldn't. Yeah. And, and, and there was me, right. I'm like, Oh, Doug yeah. Gust is here. Doug yeah. Gust is here. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to show him, you know, how determined I am. And I yeah. was out there for 45 minutes until I ran out of gas. And it's so funny because like you and I, like I grew up like going, like being scared to death on my blaster, but going down there and practicing at his practice track or whatever. And I just, I was so scared. I'm like, man, I don't want to hit these jumps. Like it's crazy. I don't want to have to like, like, am I able to roll the double over the, over the, over the driveway? You know, like, is that allowed? Like all these things. And, uh, but I remember, you know, like he was, he was freaking our, the biggest rock star on earth to me. Like, and I, yeah. and as a younger person, you don't realize like, Hey, he's just a quad racer. Like he was freaking the president to me, you know? Um, so it's just crazy. Cause it was like, Oh, you know, those guys, like they know Doug, like I get to go to Doug's, but they know him, you know, like, yeah. it's just so funny to think back to that. Cause now like he's my buddy, you know? Right. Oh, it's like, yeah, we can just give them a shout, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's nuts. So, you know, bringing up all the memory, you know, it was just his type of training was we do, we, uh, seal coded his driveway and you know how long his driveway is. Yeah. You know, so yeah, we seal coded that thing, his blacktop and it was, well, this is your training, you know, that's just, that's just the way he was. You, you stay with him. You just you help him out. It's just respect and everything else. And you know, that's, that's all he cares about. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's good to talk about him. He's a, he's a very good guy. Yeah. I love that dude. I look forward to doing another podcast with him, but you yeah. have to have the stories ready for him. Cause he's not going to just, he doesn't no. like he's, he, he freaking doesn't remember. Right. So <laughs> I was figuring I could put him and TC together. TC knows oh. every story and I'll put him and Doug together and, and it'll yeah. be great. That's my, that's my plan there. But uh, buddy, this has been so much fun. I can't thank you enough for joining me for episode 123. It's only right that you're here for it. And uh, pal, I look forward to doing this again sometime soon. Maybe we'll get you back at one of these races, racing or with the girls or even spectating in uh, next season. And we'll get you back on to, to do this again, but I can't thank you enough for your time. It's always so much fun when we get together and do these things. And uh, yeah, I just can't thank you enough for your time, pal. Yeah, I appreciate it too, Cody. Thanks for your time and let me be on this. You know, um, it is an honor. Everyone says it, but it really is, you know, especially talking to someone like you that's so into the industry and just me knowing you for so long, you know, and uh, no, it was awesome. And uh, yeah, maybe people will see us out there at the tracks and uh, whatnot, but um, just going to keep the ball rolling and get some quads built, I guess. And maybe we'll pull the old Honda down and get her cleaned up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, a Cannondale at the races with the 123 yeah. on it. I really, I really <laughs> want a 50R, but you know how hard it is to find a pristine 250R, you know, yeah. for 15 grand, you know. Well, it's, yeah, if if you can find it for 15 grand. I was actually thinking about taking my daughter's blaster into that two-stroke class. You get a good rider on a blaster, those things rip. I think that'd be pretty fun, but who knows? We'll see. Just always good, great talking quad racing and, uh, 
yeah, that's the story of the last year. <laughs> yeah, the, the one, two, three kid is back. Yeah, the the story's never gonna gonna end though. The legend continues. So, pal, uh, again, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. Appreciate uh, all the time that you've given us over the years, and uh, give the family my best, buddy. You're the man. That's former pro ATVMX Moto winner and overall podium finisher Nick DeNoble right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Brought to you by SSI Decals. Have a good night, pal. Thanks for everything. Thanks, bud. See you, pal. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. The following message is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time, creating the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I am blown away. This thing is next level. What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. Hey everyone, this is Larry Mills, president of DP Breaks North America and proud partner of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. We at DP Breaks are a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology, dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheel racers on the planet. This year's lineup includes Jeff Restrelli, Mark Baldwin and Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, and many more, including Mr. Digging Deep himself, Cody Jansen, plus all the top 17 GNCC pros such as seven-time champion Walker Fowler, Bryce O'Neill, Hunter Hart, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and previous champion Chris Borich. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on top of the podium week after week. DP Brakes are available through www.dp-brakes.com or you can purchase them through your local parts and limited stocking dealer or you can even message us, myself, Larry Mills or DP Brakes on Instagram or Facebook and if you have any questions about product or sponsorship support, please ask us. We are waiting for you. Join the best ATV riders in the world equipped with DP Brakes and have a great year everyone. Nearing two decades into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back and better than ever, continuing to make major waves in the ATV world. For the third consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team, providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for two-time champ Joel Hetrick. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to Factory43ATV.com to see their full line of industry-leading products available for all makes and models. Head over to Factory43ATV.com today. Man, Nick DeNoble never disappoints, but now as we transition from one segment to another, this one is so freaking special to me. From Nick DeNoble, somebody I looked up to for so many years, to now talking to my absolute hero. All right, guys, I am so extremely proud to welcome this next guest to the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. 
brought to you by Ultimate Poly Products. UPP Racing has been producing American-made case savers, chain sliders, intake manifolds, and more since 1998. Join top pro riders like Bryson Neal, Walker Fowler, John Glotta Jr., Adam McGill, Cole Richardson, and more by using UPP Racing's industry-leading products. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP15 at upprcing.com to save on your next order. And I am so proud to welcome the man that put me on this path three plus decades ago, Joel Jansen, my father, right here on the Digging Deep ATBMX podcast. Dad, I am so very happy that you could join me here, buddy. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you very much, Cody. Well, uh, to give a little context to to this happening and having you back on the show, we know we had you on, or listeners will remember me having you on for episode 40. That was uh, an important one because you were number 40. And then I went on to be number 40 uh, for for uh, a portion of my career. Um, but getting you back on here now, and you know, you've been wanting to do an update, give people an update on how you're doing on Facebook. So I proposed the idea of you jumping on the show with me here. So I'm, I'm so glad that, that you were game for it, though. I don't think that uh, that I even gave you much of a chance. I kind of told you that you were going to do this with me. Yeah. You told me uh, tonight at supper. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did discuss it a little bit prior, but uh, when I found out tonight that it was going to be today, um, Nothing better, no better time than present. Yeah, well, I think that we've had some of our best conversations re- revolving around old memories and racing and all those things. We had, you know, we've had uh, some of the best conversations I can remember here in recent times. So I thought that that would be some fun things to capture on the show. Um, but as many of my listeners may know, you suffered a stroke back at the end of May. It happened the night b- before we were set to leave for the Sunset Ridge National. Uh, it's been almost exactly four months now. So tell people, tell my listeners how you're doing today. Um, today I'm doing well. Uh, like you said, it's been four months and uh, your mother and I have been working very diligently with the doctors and nurses and therapists and mm-hmm. um, to get myself better. You know, as you said, I had a I had a pretty massive stroke four months ago, and uh, I'm able to get around today. I'm using a cane. I'm get, able to get out of the house. I've been doing a little work in the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're we're definitely progressing. Everybody's happy, and I'm happy. So just keep moving forward. Yeah, that's that's awesome news, obviously, to share. Something that as as family members we're so proud of. And I think back to, you know, obviously I had nobody that had ever had a stroke like close to me like this. But uh, for all of my life, whether it was just hearing things as a young kid from, I don't know, you just hear about strokes or whatever. And strokes are such a scary thing. It's always been like, a, I don't want to say a phobia, but a scary thing to me because, and I think it is for a lot of people. That's why I'm saying that because after somebody has a stroke, you don't know what you're going to find on the back end of that, you know, what that person is like on the back end. And that's why I thought, and it's obviously a journey and it's something that we'll touch on a little further is that, you know, it's an, it's, it's a, it's a journey or whatever to, to get better and to heal and all those things. But you are, I swear. And I tell people this when I have, when I talk to you now, and then I talk to think about talking to you six months ago i swear you're the the sharper more aware one now it's like you're the sharper sharper version of you now than you were you know a a half a year ago it's crazy 
Yeah, um, I'm definitely cultivating my mind substantially more now than I have in the past. Um, we worked with speech therapists, and they worked um, on helping me to search for things in my mind. But then again, um, being um, completely honest, uh, doctors that were working with me prior to my stroke had given me medications that obviously were not beneficial to me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends, as well as you and everybody else, has said they had me um, captured in my own mind, in my own body. And we've mm-hmm. worked so hard in the last four months to make things better. And people from all of that country have told me that how much better I sound and how much better, easier it is to talk with me now. So it makes me feel great. Absolutely. I think, uh, I think you're obviously, you know, sharing stuff that I didn't know if you were going to want to, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, you were, you were over medicated, but not by choice. You were over medicated and you were trapped inside your body, which is ironically how some people think of, or have how some people experience a stroke yet you're describing what you were like pre-stroke and you took the opportunity when in the hospital rehabbing from suffering the stroke to detox from medicine you didn't want to be on anyway and now you are here today and able to recount memories and talk about you know things and have way deeper conversations than you could you weren't even able to have those before you know because your mind wouldn't let you go there yeah it's it's a crazy thing but uh I guess the only thing I would recommend to your listeners is to make sure that you ask questions when they're giving you medications just don't take them because that's I was taking them as prescribed and it was definitely affecting me greatly. Yeah, it's uh it's a shame. But a conversation that you and I have had is the fact that you have the opportunity to think back on a period that was like, man, I can't believe that you know that that yeah. happened, that we let it get to that point, those types of things where now, you know, I was worried that it was always going to be that way, that we were just going to be stuck in that chapter until the end of time. And to be able to think back on that as a, a chapter that's now went by and the page has been flipped on that is, uh, is an, you know, a, an awesome thing to think about. But kind of getting back to the stroke, I, when people would ask about it, I guess to kind of, kind of tie a bow on that is I thought it was so important, you know, for you, uh, I proposed the idea of doing a video for Facebook and I think we still should do that. Um, but having people be able to listen to you now, that's why it instantly was like, Hey, why don't we do an episode of the podcast? Because people are going to be able to hear you and hear your voice and hear how good you're doing that, that stigma, that fear of somebody post stroke is going to be, is going to be gone. And, you know, no one ever thinks that they're going to find themselves in, in a situation like this, right. You know, as a younger person, and I don't know if you would agree with me or not, but as a younger person, you think about, like, oh, that would never happen to me. You know, that won't happen to me kind of thing. And uh, as you get older, you realize that every that those things happen to everybody. It might not be in the form of a stroke for a lot of, I mean, for a number of people it is, but whatever it is, we all go through adversity. 
Um, and then, you know, you learn that, you know, you get thrust into this stroke life and instantly you suffer a stroke. And right away, I want to listen. I, I want to read books and listen to audio books and do as much learning about strokes as I can. And you learn that it's the number one uh, debilitator in the United States. It's the number three killer of Americans today. And you think about where we are, you know, where we you were basically given or, or us as a family were given a a path where, yeah, it's difficult. And I, I can't, I don't want to speak for you. I can't speak for you because you've been working your ass off for the last four months to be as good as you're doing as well as you're doing. But to think that things could have been so much worse, the the cards that we dealt could have been so much worse. And you might've not been, you know, given the opportunity to fight or get better or all those things. Uh, what an amazing thing that is to think about that the cards set in front of us were cards that we had a hand that we could play with kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, we're in therapy a few days a week and I see people uh, older than me and younger than me and my age that are doing better than we are and lots and lots of them that are, aren't doing as well as we are. And people from, you know, all our race family has, People in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and you know beyond have contacted us and people telling me about their recovery. And we're only four months in, and I, I know Seth Lee is at two and a half years, and he's still working on a daily basis. So it's awesome that we're able to, to learn and uh, understand that we have time, and this is just a hurdle, and we'll get over it. And Seth has been so awesome for you, right? I mean, I know uh -huh. that he was reaching out and messaging and, and conversing about his experience versus yours from the very stages of this. So he's been he's been an awesome asset for you. Yeah, he's been great. And and I look at Seth and think, great, there's I can get better. You know, when I started, you know, the first month in the hospital, um, you question how, you know, am I gonna be normal again? Mm -hmm. You know, my speech was impaired and um, obviously my right side was uh, greatly impaired at that time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Seth was always there, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, you think about those first days and I don't want to kind of give it, well, kind of giving the listeners a glimpse into like what, what life was like at the beginning there. And you were, you were stuck. It was like, you were, you know, it was like you were paralyzed, you know, because uh, one one half of your body did not work at all. And yep. so you were stuck laying down in bed asking for us to grab you a glass of water, you know, uh, uh, grab a straw for you to drink off of. And you couldn't get, you know, then that transitioned. You got better. You got more stable. They moved you to a different portion of the hospital. And even when you moved there, you couldn't get out of bed by yourself. You couldn't move in bed by yourself. You obviously couldn't get out of the chair by yourself all those things fast forward a few weeks and now you're able to get out of bed. You were able to get out of your chair. You were able to, I mean, I remember those days where it's like, Hey, we went six feet in the Walker today. And then it would, the next day it was 12. And then the next day it was 25. And those were huge feats And a week went by or five days went by and you were able to go from your room to the gym with the Walker. And yep. now you get up and down out of chairs easier than pre-stroke you're walking or you're tooling around with your cane you walked all the way into the hospital with just your cane last week i mean 
the progress has been exponential. It's been crazy. Right. But it, you know, it's one of those things as you, and, and it's like all of us as a person, you want to improve as a rider. You want to heal from an injury. You want to everything you're trying to do. You want to just see that, you know, that uh, advancement at the drop of a hat. But then when I'm standing, you know, on the sideline, watching you do what you do, you see these giant gains that you have. And, you know, we're only four months in to think, I mean, I, I try to tell people that, you know, they'll never tell you you're going to make a full recovery, but I think you're clearly to, from my perspective, going to make as full a recovery as, as possible because of the, the way that you've been working so hard and, and the way that your body's been responding to this. I look at it, um, Cody, as it might've been a season ending in your injury, but it wasn't a career engine ending injury. Yeah, that's an amazing way to put it. So my career, my career isn't over. Yeah. My season might be, but my career is not. Yeah, well, I, I, I love, uh, I love to think that. So tell me, you know, kind of like what the future looks like as far as like what goals do you have, whether they be um, small goals, uh, short term goals, or long term goals. What is what? What does that look like? My long term is to get back to the Packer games, get back to deer hunting, and get back to the racetrack. Those are my main goals. Okay. Long term, short term goals are to just continue at the rate we're going, and uh, maybe uh, you know we were able to throw the the lift chair away, and then we threw the wheelchair away, and then we threw the walker away. Maybe someday I'll be able to throw the cane away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, they they had you doing some walking without the cane and therapy, right? So <clears throat> yes, absolutely. With the gate belt, a little bit, but we walk and. Uh, it's interesting, but uh, it's only up from here, buddy. What What do you tell me every day? You tell me I I do everything I'm asked to do. Everything you, you're asked to do in therapy, you do yeah. it and you crush it. So think uh, right. think your motivation or your you know your will your willingness to just go get it, do anything that's out in front of you has been a has been a, a weapon for you throughout this whole process, and that's an exciting thing because. You know, that's something you kind of think about as an athlete thing. And you were an athlete, obviously, a longtime racer, a successful one at that. And that's kind of something that that's a motor inside you still to this day, just a totally different process. Yeah, I agree 100 percent. I do what they ask me to do um, when I'm in therapy and they're very uh, happy with my with my goals and my work ethic. And I do the same thing at home. You know, we, your mother and I do lots of exercises here and just looking forward to the future yeah i love it uh i'm so proud of you obviously for for all your hard work and um how far you've come it's uh it's an amazing thing just unreal all the progress that you made all your hard work and uh where you're at today we're so proud but let's transition into into talking a little racing then before we get out of here because you've been sharing some old racing photos that have been uh, getting a ton of interaction on social media in, in recent days and weeks and i'd love to have you uh, talk a little bit about some of these because, and I told you even before you started before, or maybe when you started uh, posting these things that I thought it was such a healthy thing for, you know, for you and your mind to think back on memories and stories and all these things. And, you know, at the beginning you were, you were posting some of the the old school, you know, wheeling the, the dirt bike around and uh, looking exactly like Dallas, mind you, you look just like Dallas in some of those photos. <laughs> and then you know, you got to posting uh, some photos of you on the that CRF 
hybrid Liger quad that you must have had in what the early 2000s early to mid 2000s yep 2004 three four five that area right there um so so tell me about that Liger quad of yours the crf powered Liger hybrid uh 250r style chassis that was your favorite atv i know that for a fact that that you probably ever had so tell me about that thing that was a great machine we built uh years ago with the help of Mark Lager from Lager uh, ATV. Uh, we had the Lager frame, the T-pin front end, Lager swing arm. Uh, Elka built me some great shocks. Uh, when we fir- our first work with Elka uh, years ago, mm-hmm. Woody Kyle helped me with some engine components and Wrath and just, yeah, that thing was a weapon. It was that the transition from 250Rs to hybrids so you got to race. I could race that machine in 250A open mm-hmm. and four stroke. Yeah. So I could take yeah. one machine, and on a good a good night, I could win three classes on one bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you uh, you you didn't lose very often on that quad. No, that quad was very successful. Yeah, for sure. And there was very few of those built. Uh, that specific T pin front end Liger chassis. There was very few of those. I mean. You could maybe count on two hands how many was built, right? Am I, am yeah. I correct in saying that? I know there wasn't a lot of them. I don't know the exact number. I know there's people that have them, but uh, yeah, maybe some people will contact us and let us know how many there are actually out there. Yeah, yeah, not many, like you said. So uh, you posted a picture of me on the P Dub years ago. So yeah, that was uh, a proud time for mom and I. I remember I tell the story all the time. I remember hopping on that thing for the very first time in grandma and grandpa's backyard and going, you know, couple acre, a couple acre backyard, uh, pinned all the way down into, into a pine tree in the back. And that's how my, my first foray on two wheels started. Your first jump, you hit the, the garden, which led you <laughs> into the pine tree. <laughs> oh man i don't uh, remember i don't remember what my response was to that whole thing but what i, what I do oh you do tell me yeah you cried oh i'm sure i did but then yeah. you got back on okay okay so you that's got a, back on it. so that's a sentiment that i was gonna say i don't remember that i remember crashing my very first race on my four-wheeler at uh at the circle track at atwater and crashing in the first corner and crying. I'm pretty sure crying. Maybe, maybe I didn't, I don't know, but I remember the flagger saying, you don't have to race. You, he's probably telling me that because I was crying I'm and sure. like, and I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to race and, and kept on keeping on. So I'm glad to know that that was consistent throughout my, throughout my whole upbringing there is that I was, yeah. gonna, I was going to get back on. You always got back on buddy from four years old till the big Texas crash. You got back on. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. So, um, so we had some photos of you doing the, the, the mini champ thing or the little race car thing, the sport truck thing. So people who aren't there aren't local to us here, it's a snowmobile motor and a little car chassis, right, Dad? Correct. Yeah. Phaser snowmobile, 485. They do uh, just a little over 70 miles an hour on the straightaway. And, uh, they were a blast. They're a lot of fun and there's, um, a lot of people race it. So, was, and it's three miles from the shop, so mm-hmm. it made for a made for a good race. Made good for fun Thursday nights, and yeah. uh, you you know I always tell people that you you were the local pro, you were the local fast guy, local uh, local guy to beat on an ATV. But it was that was the same way in the in the sport trucks too, Dad. 
Yeah, I was. Fortunately, uh, we got around pretty good. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So the next photo you shared was uh, at Atwater, and I think you were on your 250R, the the red 250R. Uh, you got somebody on your outside there, but the tires on the outside of the racetrack make me think it's Atwater. And I was going to ask you what your favorite 250R was. You know, you had a number of them over the years, but I think this was your favorite one. That was another Legger 250R um, with the Curtis Sparks engine at that time. Okay. Oh, is that, okay. So, so timeout, is that the 250R heads that got mix matched with Jeremiah Jones? Absolutely. No, no, I'm sorry. The one that got mixed with Jeremiah Jones, the LRD power okay. valve, I got later after that. And what happened was I got a, I got a cylinder from Ireland at LRD and it said Jones on the intake and written in Sharpie, I believe. And I thought I called Ireland up and I said, I got a cylinder here, but it says Jones on it. He said, no, that's Jeremiah Jones's cylinder. I think Jeremiah got your cylinder, Joel, but they're identical. So just run it. Wow. <laughs> so I did. And I won on it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But uh, but yeah, I knew you built a number of 250Rs over the years. And, and I thought that the one in this picture here was the, the one that you oftentimes talked about as your favorite. Yeah, it was. It handled so well. The shocks, the suspension, and then the engine, the whole combination, it was it was awesome. It handled just superb. What we'll do, what we should do is I'll I'll edit up the the video of this for YouTube so that we can plug the photos in with the video of you talking about it. That would be that would be something enjoyable for our yeah. listeners. Uh the next photo you shared was a starting straight full of banshees and one LT. Um, but tell me about th this was years earlier. This was at the beginning of your, your ATV racing career, I believe. Yeah, that was, in, I believe, in 1989 Okay, at Aslan Cycle Club in southern Wisconsin. And uh, one other guy in the video or the photo was Tom Lanfear that worked with me at the Yamaha shop at that time. Okay, And then um, David Enders was on the other banshee he came became a successful sprint car racer and i i haven't figured out who the guy in the quadzilla is but uh that was some real fun grassroots back in the day running hoosier tri tracks on a blue groove it was slippery my bikes were all top end at the time uh, <laughs> narrow power bands and it made for uh interesting driving but it was fun yeah, it's crazy to think about the the Banshee being the quad of choice. Um, but and I know that you massaged the Banshee thing years later. You know, you had Banshees yeah. that could barely be beat. If if they didn't if they didn't break, um, you know, they won. Um, but yeah. but yeah, crazy to think about the the Banshee early on there just being the being the quad to beat on small circle tracks here in Wisconsin. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but uh, they were fast. <laughs> I still think if you had had a Zilla like Bill Berger had and set it up very well, they would have been hard to beat because they had that four-stroke kind of torque. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I had the matches working real well. And then later on uh, with that Lone Star chassis I had and uh, LRD built me a stroker engine back in the day and, uh, before we were doing our own engines and yeah it was amazing yeah that's awesome i, I know i won i know i won several hundred races on that machine oh yeah yeah for sure like i i've said to people before it was weird when you didn't win 
um you know thank you that was the that was the the winning was the standard for sure when i was growing up for you but what about um kind of as we finish up here do you have like a do you have like a favorite race that comes to mind you know if you talk about like your favorite races as a racer does anything come to mind there i could go on for hours i think buddy but uh I guess if I had to pick one, I, I had a memory of Atwater, the short track at Atwater, starting in like 12th or 13th place um, on the start. And by the end of the race, I passed up to second. I didn't I didn't get the win, um, but I made so many passes that I had the dirt bike or the flat track bike guys standing on the fence. Mm-hmm. I remember that like it was yesterday. So yeah. good to tell the listeners kind of about this racetrack too. It's like, a, it's almost like a little amphitheater. It's like in a, in a little bowl and, and people are on the the sides of this bowl. And that was a ra- That is my most memorable race as a spectator of yours as well. Cause I don't remember why you were on like the fourth row. I don't remember. Um, but you started in my mind, it was 14th and you went from okay. 14th to second. And that was a track that people didn't make passes on a ton. It was a hard track to pass on. It was super narrow, super small. Um, but you were driving inside, outside. You were putting that thing wherever you needed to put it to make the pass on the guy in front of you. And I just, I remember that one like it was yesterday because it was amazing because people don't make passes at Atwater, let alone going from 14th to second against what was a very stacked, stacked local racing series at the time that a lot of people chased. And you made a mockery of those guys that night. Yeah, people came from that. That track came from several states mm-hmm. to race there, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was there was some very very fast guys. I was just fortunate to have a good uh, good machine under me, and I was able to go fast. Yeah, tell me about the the one time that you because you were always a flat track and TT guy. Obviously, tell me about yep. the one time that you uh you you did a little motocross racing in the snow. <laughs> Uh, I was on a Cannondale Moto 440, um, <laughs> and I was racing with one of my best friends, Matt Rowe. Yeah, Sam Rowe's there, father. Sam Rowe's father, yep. There's there are several people in the class, but it was Matt and I battling. And all I, we, we picked up aggressive tires during the week and got tires and wheels for them. And yeah, weren't you, well, you, were, well, you, you were running like paddle tires. Correct. We were running like a dune tire. Yes. Yep. And uh, all I remember is Matt was behind me. I did everything I could do to shoot a roost on him. So I was swaying the back end, back and forth, up the <laughs> face of jumps, which I wasn't jumping very far. Matt landed next to me one time, roosted snow on me. And uh, <laughs> the one and only time Joel Jansen raced a motocross race, there's a two heat and feature, Moto 1 and Moto 2, I won. Yeah, that's unreal because you still to this day talk about that you wouldn't jump off a curb. And no. Matt Rowe was a was a essentially a motocross guy. Like that's what he did was motocross. And uh and and yeah, you you hung on to it that night. That's another one that I remember like it was yesterday. Yeah, definitely interesting times. Especially on a Cannondale. Yeah. You raced the blaster that night. Well, I, the the blaster with the CR eighty five motor in it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, I remember burying it in a snow pile, 
and uh, took all I could to get it unburied. And I made a pass at the very close to the end of the race somewhere. But, uh, but yeah, you think about you on a Cannondale. I remember you having like the first DS six fifty in the, in the state. I think you had the first Raptor. I did. It was, uh, it was just awesome. And, and it's funny now to think back on trying to make like a DS six fifty or a, or a big giant Raptor, uh, a flat track quad, but you made them work. You've won on those things too. Yeah, the Raptor. Uh, somebody sent me a message saying they have a video or a picture of me on the DS on a short track. I asked them to send it to me because I, I can't find one of those. But it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, um, That thing was so big. <laughs> it was crazy. You see them now and it doesn't even look like a four-wheeler. That thing is so oh. big. It's ridiculous. It's closer to a side-by-side. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's gigantic. It is. It is unreal well uh that's awesome i'm I'm glad to know that i think that that's so great for your mind to go back and think about those things and and fill in some gaps there and you said you're going to keep them coming so that's going to be fun and exciting to uh to follow in the weeks to come the last thing i want to touch on before we get out of here is uh, is our presenting sponsor for this segment upp racing uh when i was working this deal you were sitting just next to me a few weeks back and instantly you remembered using upp racing products years ago yeah i use the intakes on my 250rs i use the chain sliders swing arm protectors and such and you said they're ultimate poly products i'm like well you mean upp yeah i dealt with upp they they supported our racing program and um now they're supporting the program again which is awesome yeah, that's a, it's a pretty fun thing. I'm so glad that they reached out. Things come full circle. And as they say, founded on quality in 1998, the family owned and operated business produces products created by racers for racers. So sometime in the last 25 years, uh, you were running UPP racing products on, on your stuff. And now here they are is still in the game and still, uh, still thriving. So that's, uh, that was a fun thing to think about, but I wanted to highlight that while I had the chance, because I thought that that was a big fun full circle deal there with upp racing yeah yeah it is it's great well dad i can't thank you enough for doing this i think uh i'm so happy to to kind of give people um an update on how you're doing so many people had wondered how you were doing and uh and i look forward to doing this again but uh, do you have any any words for our listeners before we sign off here um i think the biggest thing is just want to thank you your brother dallas and your mother lisa this has been a life-changing thing and it's brought our family so close. You guys have sacrificed so much. Mom sacrificed every day. She never left my side in the hospital for over a month. And she's taking care of me so greatly. You and Dallas haven't asked a question, but to have dinner with me, hold my hand, just support me so much that I just love you guys. And I want to thank you and your listeners, everybody. Thanks for all the comments and concerns and love. Well, so many people uh, were cheering for you, pulling for you, and wanting to know how you were doing. So I'm so glad that that we could do this. But so proud of you, Dad. Love you. And uh, look forward to doing this again soon. We'll have to come up with a few more memories to talk about, and then we'll get you back on here to do so. Sounds good, buddy. Love you, Dad. That's my hero signing off right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast brought to you by Ultimate Poly Products and UPPRacing.com. Thanks, Dad. Love you. Success in the ATV MX world is similar to what creates financial success as well. The right people, the right advice, and more importantly, hard work and the benefit of an ongoing relationship as situations change and adversity is experienced. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? 
Haymower Financial Group can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help your family prepare for whatever life brings. Call me, Scott Haymower, at Haymower Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, at 920-338-8150. That's 920-338-8150. Offices located in beautiful De Pere, Wisconsin, with registrations and clients nationwide. Headlined by the 4130 Chromali, Launderville Steel and Concrete Supply is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products. This racing family-owned full metal service center and concrete product supplier comes with over 30 years of experience serving the entire United States from their central Midwest location. As the number one choice for nationwide shipments and with available next-day delivery in select areas, LSE has you covered near or far. 4130 is not just the chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for an array of motorsports applications, but it is also the name of the newest addition to the Pro Paddock with riders Jaden J.J. Launderville and Max Linquist, introducing the new 4130 Motorsports team. Launderville Steel offers a large selection of material for any project, including their concrete division that can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. For a quote or more info, visit LaundervilleSteel.com today or give them a call at 715-675-6193. That's 715-675-6193. Here at Digging Deep, we have an obvious passion for ATVs and pridefully enjoy sharing the sport's history. Since 2019, when the podcast was born, we've been working to partner with individuals who share our passion, but one man and his vision had been missing from our partnership group until now. When it comes to the sports history, the hallowed grounds of Binky's Forever ATC Museum has it all. Binky Tapscott's mind-blowing collection of three- and four-wheelers has preserved history by spanning all makes and models from Honda three-wheelers in chronological order to unique builds that shaped ATB racing as we know it, like Doug Gust's iconic DRZ-powered hybrid thumper and everything in between. There's no denying Binky's passion, a passion that we certainly relate to here at Digging Deep. Binky's goal is to share his amazing collection with fellow enthusiasts by making his prized possessions accessible to the public via scheduled visits. Follow Forever ATC Museum on Facebook and watch foreveratc.com for further updates on possibly getting a chance to see Binky's Forever ATC Museum for yourself. We are proud to welcome Binky's Forever ATC Museum to the Digging Deep family. As the number one podcast in ATV racing, it's only right that we partner with the industry leaders in suspension tuning. Insert Impact Solutions. Impact Solutions is a full-service ATV and side-by-side suspension center specializing in the revalving and service of your motocross and off-road suspension. With over 25 years of elite-level knowledge, experience, and testing with riders of all ages and ability levels, Jay Goebel and the Impact crew strive to exceed clients' expectations for service and setup. Impact Solutions is the official Elka Suspension Service Center of the United States, offering unmatched product knowledge and experience. Whether you're in need of service, parts, warranty, sales, or technical support, Impact Solutions has you covered. Head over to ImpactSolutionsATV.com or give them a call today. With the desire to keep you in the race, Ultimate Poly Products offers the ultimate protection collection of case savers, chain sliders, intake manifolds, and more. Founded on quality in 1998, this family-owned and operated business produces products created by racers for racers. 
These industry-leading products are proudly made and manufactured in the USA, with their case savers being made of the highest quality American-made polyurethane on the market and designed to completely conform to your engine case to help prevent case damage from a thrown chain because no one wants to be a spectator on race day. Join top pro riders like Bryson Neal, Walker Fowler, John Glotta Jr., Adam McGill, Cole Richardson, and more by using UPP Racing products. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP15 at upprcing.com to save on your next order. Ultimate Poly Products, made to last longer so you can ride more. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. Man, I sure am proud of this one. And it was so good to be back. Dallas was gone for a couple weeks. I got a new job. So I was up this morning at 2 a.m. editing audio, editing audio on my lunch break. It's been craziness, but it's so good to be back. Thanks to tonight's featured guests, Nick DeNoble and my dad, Joel Jansen. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, for all his hard work. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to photographers Ken Hill and Logan Tremellen of Tremellen Media House. Thanks to all of our donors. You know who you are. We appreciate you so much. Thanks to all of our partners. CST Tires. Go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thanks to SSI decals, Valvoline, DID Racing Chain, Nemira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components. Components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymauer Financial Group, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Binky's Forever ATC Museum, Impact Solutions, Ultimate Poly Products, UPP Racing. So extremely stoked to have those guys on board. Use code DIGGINGDEEP15 at upprcing.com and Manscaped to get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support all the brands that support our show and don't forget to use those codes to save. You can find it all on our website and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner for all your gear and parts needs and to help us out in the process. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. Attention ATV fantasy players and and top finishers from 2023. We are just about in the next day or two to start our draft of our top prizes. I've been, I've been holding off a little bit, trying to let our signed memorabilia, our signed jerseys and stuff come in from, from our pro riders. I didn't want to jump the gun and then have some of these riders send stuff in after you guys already picked a prize. So I think we got most of what we're going to get and we are ready to let the fun begin with that. So I just wanted to give you a heads up on that. All ATV Fantasy info can be found at atvfantasy.com. Shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com is your go-to spot for all of our merch. And if you're looking for another easy way to help support us, visit our website and click the Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee buttons. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to support our efforts. If you want to leave us a voicemail, the number is 920-569-3519. You can follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content coverage and more fun stuff as we head into the off season here at the digging deep ATVMX podcast. You can find us on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Amazon podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the digging deep ATVMX podcast, all episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links and discount codes, show merchandise, fantasy info, and more can all be found on our website, digging deep So check that out today. Be a friend, tell a friend, 
please download, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And with that, for Nick DeNoble, Joel Jansen, Brooke Jansen, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen, thanks for listening to and making us the most listened to podcast in ATV racing with more than 235,000 downloads last month in 103 total countries. Until next time, thanks for joining us and digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. Next up is our coverage of the 2023 Quad Cross of Nations from Italy. Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad leaders are freaking 